Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I wonder if you could tell me, like, if you or I went from port to port in Sweden this week, what would we see? So at four of the biggest ports in Sweden, what you would see are dock workers unloading cars as they normally would and other cargo as it comes into port. That's Melissa Eddy, a reporter for The New York Times who covers business in Northern Europe. But what would be absent are any cars produced by Tesla. And that's because the dock workers union in Sweden has decided to support a strike of Tesla mechanics by refusing to unload any Tesla vehicles that come into Sweden at any of the four major ports. You might even catch uh, some kind of a protest action going on outside of one or two of the other ports. But for the most part, it would look like business as usual, but it's not. It's not, because Tesla and the Swedish union that represents mechanics are fighting over a collective bargaining agreement. Since the UAW won concessions from the big three automakers, unions are riding high. And many have their sights set on unionizing Tesla, which has been notoriously hostile toward organized labor. Today on the show, could mechanics in Sweden be the ones who actually pull it off? I'm Lizzie O'Leary, and you're listening to What Next TBD, a show about technology, power, and how the future will be determined. Stick around. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank, USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Coming soon from Slate Podcasts. So, first it was Dade County. Voters in the Miami area repealed civil rights for gay people by a two-to-one margin. In the late 1970s, cities around the country began rolling back anti-discrimination laws that protected gay people. And then it was Wichita, St. Paul, Eugene. Successful campaigns against the gay community which shocked us all. A state senator from California watched the laws fall and saw an opportunity. Homosexuality is a most repulsive lifestyle. His name was John Briggs, and he wanted to deliver the anti-gay movement its biggest prize yet. California realized that they were coming for us. I'm Christina Cotarucci. 
This season on Slow Burn, we'll explore how a nationwide backlash against gays and lesbians led to a massive showdown in California. Now it's something called Proposition 6, the Briggs Initiative. And it would call for firing any teachers in California who practice homosexuality. Your life as you knew it would be destroyed. We've got to fight back. We can't let this happen in California. The Briggs Initiative would be the first statewide vote on gay rights. With so much at stake, young people became activists. We were all coming out all day long, every day. (laughs) And activists became leaders. My name is Harvey Milk, and I'm here to recruit you. Slow Burn, Season 9, Gays Against Briggs. Out May 22nd, wherever you listen. If we lose here, it'll be 50 years before we ever get back up again. Like the drag queens say, take out the earrings, sharpen the nails, there ain't no going back. It's important to understand that in Sweden, the majority of workers join a union regardless of who they work for. Then the union negotiates with the company for a collective bargaining agreement. It's a very different system than in the U.S., where union membership is contingent on joining a unionized employer. I asked Melissa to tell me the story of how Tesla's mechanics got to a point where they went on strike. I can tell you the story, Lizzie, from the side of the union, because Tesla has not responded to multiple requests to speak to me about their side of the story. So I just want to be completely clear that... I'm going with the information that I have. I would like to be able to tell you both sides of the story. And like I said, I've, I've asked Tesla several times. Uh, but what I know from the union side is that they have tried for several years now to get Tesla to come to the table to agree to what is called a collective bargaining agreement. And whatever you may know about collective bargaining agreements in the U.S., they are much, much broader in Sweden. They don't only set wages. They set pensions. They set vacation time. They set insurance. And they also set education, so learning and training. And that means if you're doing a job that is now no longer needed, instead of losing your job, you get trained to do another job. So you remain employed doing something different. So these agreements cover 90% of all jobs in Sweden. Wow. Under the Swedish model, even if you're not a union member, if you're at a company as a non-union member, and that company has one of these collective bargaining agreements, you are still covered by it. So these are definitely the norm in Sweden. And many Swedes are really proud of these agreements. So Tesla has not wanted to sign one of these, according to the union. And the union decided now was the time to push back. And so they called a strike. And one other thing I think is important to know is strikes are extremely rare in Sweden. And the reason is, is that if your business is covered by one of these collective agreements, Part of the deal is that you don't go on strike. Hmm. You can only call a strike if the agreement is being hammered out new. So if the terms of the agreement are being changed, that is grounds for a strike. As long as an agreement is in place, 
there's no strike. So it's been several years. It's been so long that when I was talking to people, a lot of people couldn't remember the last time there had been a major strike in Sweden. You alluded to Tesla not responding to your questions, but how have they responded to the union demands? So Tesla has responded to the union demands by meeting twice with the union, according to the union, and letting them know that they're not interested in signing one of these collective agreements. They have said in a statement to a Swedish news agency, TT, that they are not in violation of Swedish law. And it's true, collective agreements are not required by law. You don't have to have one. It's just that most businesses do. And so Tesla says, you know, we offer wages and benefits that are in line with the standards that are offered with one of these collective agreements. We do not see the need for a collective agreement. We're not interested in a collective agreement, and we will do what it takes to keep our business going. I think one of the things that is fascinating if you're an American listening to this is the degree of power that organized labor has in Sweden. I wonder if you could describe how it came to be such a potent force. So... The labor model in Sweden, they even call it the Swedish model, this very social democratic idea of companies and workers working together for the good of all, goes back to the 1930s. And it became even more popular after World War II, more and more companies signed on to it. And when you talk to Swedes, they, you know, they, they tend to be very proud of this by and large. Uh, they feel that these labor agreements have contributed to the lack of income inequality that Sweden has enjoyed for many decades. So Sweden sees its prosperity in the past several decades as being linked to the ability of workers and companies to work together hand in hand for the good of everyone. And they feel very strongly that now is not the time to change this. But Tesla comes from a very different culture. None of its facilities in the U.S. are organized, despite efforts from the UAW. And Elon Musk once seemingly threatened to revoke employee stock options if they joined a union. Tesla comes from such a different environment, right? They're from Silicon Valley. Totally. These are the move fast and break things people. And that has its followers in Sweden. There are other companies that say, because of these labor agreements, we are inflexible, we are not slow enough, we're not innovative enough. And so it's really interesting what we're seeing happening in Sweden is in some ways it's it's a clash of these two cultures of this you know older 20th century model that is rooted in the 20th century social democratic labor movements and this California, Silicon Valley startup, very successful, already proven people wrong, doing things that people said you couldn't do. In this case, you know, making battery operated cars that are not only able to run, but people want them. And they're coming at each other. They're going head to head. One of the forces in Sweden here is IF Mattel, the the big trade union. Tell me a bit about them. 
So IF Metall has about 300,000 members in Sweden. It's, um, it's actually a younger union, if you will. It covers metal workers. It covers the automobile industry. It covers the chemical industry. And uh, it formed when a couple of smaller unions got together. But their roots trace back uh, to the late 19th century. So they've been around for a long time. And the norm, again, in the automotive industry up in Sweden, as in many others, I'm sitting here in Germany, and uh, in Germany, sort of, if you will, the sister union to IF Metall in Sweden is IG Metall in Germany. And they are one of the most powerful unions because the auto industry is so large here in Germany. So IF Metall was formed when... The automotive workers, chemical workers got together and uh, they have dozens of agreements, doesn't, they have dozens of these collective bargaining agreements with different companies such as Volvo, such as Polestar. Um, and for them, it's considered unacceptable, if you will, that a company as powerful and as important as Tesla does not want a collective agreement. Now, I was talking to an analyst who's spent a lot of time, you know, really looking at Swedish labor, and he said one of the most interesting things that they're seeing is Tesla is enormously symbolic for the EV industry, the electric vehicle industry, which is disrupting the entire automotive industry. And so far, if you look pretty much not just across Sweden, but across Europe, the fossil fuel industry jobs are unionized jobs. They have good packages of benefits. They have been, you know, the they have good benefits packages. The laborers have a say in in how these things are hammered out. And so far the green industry has lacked that kind of union representation. And there's a real feeling that allowing Tesla to get away without signing a collective agreement sends a signal that in the green industry, in the EV industry, these are not unionized jobs. And there's a real fear amongst the union and also amongst workers of, of what that could mean in the future. Is that why, do you think, there have been these solidarity strikes uh, among dock workers and other unions to say, hey, this is important not just to Tesla, but to organize labor more broadly? Yeah, absolutely, Lizzie. And one of the things that makes Sweden so interesting is Swedish law allows for this to happen. So under Swedish law, the IF Metall, which represents you know the auto workers, the mechanics in this case, it's just 120 mechanics. But that union is allowed to go to other unions who do business or whose companies do business with Tesla. It, dock workers are a great example here. And say, we want your support we are striking Tesla because they are not supporting our demand for a collective agreement. And they can ask, and the union that you know represents the dock workers that unload the vehicles, we've now seen the electricians have said they will join in sympathy. That means any union members who work for the electrical company that services Tesla charging stations, they will not be servicing those charging stations. Uh, postal workers and uh, delivery workers have said they will not be delivering any mail, parts, packages, parcels that 
is to go to Tesla. They will also not be picking anything up. So because of this ability to reach out and and get support from other unions, the the Swedish model allows for a strike of, say, just 120 people to be much larger and to almost, if you will, in, encircle a company, in this case, Tesla, and try to really make their ability to do business in Sweden very, very difficult, if not impossible. When we come back, how a big American company was unionized by a tiny group of Swedes in the 1990s. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There is a story that might be instructive for Tesla. Back in 1995, another American company, Toys R Us, tried to enter the Swedish market. They decided they did not need one of these collective agreements. They set up shop and they tried to make a go of it. And exactly the same thing happened. The numbers there were even smaller. They only had about 80 retail workers. In that case, it was the retail workers who went on strike. And the retail workers reached out to the postal workers, to the cleaning maintenance workers, to the delivery folks. And after three months, the company finally realized that in order to function in Sweden, they needed to be part of one of these collective agreements. And they signed one. How much has changed from the 90s till now? Is Tesla going to fold like that? I think only time will tell. IF Metal has said they are in this for the long haul. They are willing to do whatever it takes to, to try and make their point. Certainly, we are seeing more and more unions who are signing up. One interesting thing, though, about Tesla is that like updates, if you will, are done digitally, right? So obviously, if a headlamp blows and you need a headlamp replaced, that's one thing. But some of the updates can be just done digitally. At the same time, the dock workers union said that they had seen Tesla bringing in new cars on just normal transport ferries. Hmm. So instead of trying to ship them on cargo ships, they were just getting people to load them onto ferries. So it's evident at this point that Tesla is trying to get around the strike already. They're looking for ways that they can continue to do business. But there are Tesla owners who are getting frustrated already, they can't get their winter tires put on. And uh, there are others who have ordered Teslas. They're waiting for their cars to be delivered. And those, those deliveries are now in question. So we're already seeing a couple of weeks into it, a, a certain level of disruption. Even in the pro-labor environment of Northern Europe, 
Melissa says that Silicon Valley companies have been able to stymie union organizers. You know, it's sort of interesting uh, because with Amazon, uh, I've lived in in Europe, Lizzie, for for nearly two decades now. And when Amazon came, I thought, there's no way that that company is going to get away without unionizing. And so I'm, as I said, I'm here in Germany and I have seen the union here try for the past decade to unionize Amazon warehouses in Germany and they have not been successful. Interestingly enough, when Amazon went into Sweden, all the unions knew what was coming at them and they formed a coalition, if you will, that basically forced Amazon to set up uh, a subsidiary, and that subsidiary signed the collective agreement that covers all the workers who work in the Amazon warehouse. So Amazon itself is not party to Hmm. one of these collective bargaining agreements. The workers, however, are still covered. And I've seen suggestions and and I've heard, you know, a couple of people say that that would be an option for Tesla as well. It allows them to function in this tradition of the collective bargaining agreements, but without themselves actually signing one. So far, the union has not indicated in any way that Tesla is interested in in taking that route. What you are getting at, I think, is that you know, even though Sweden is a tiny portion of Tesla's business, and and as you said, like, they're not even made there, this story has implications that reach much further than just Tesla in Sweden. It, it feels a little bit like there's sort of a, a referendum on Silicon Valley company meets labor tradition. I think that's right, Lizzie. And, you know, this is happening at a time where we've just seen the unions in Detroit get some concessions from the big three. Before that, we saw in Hollywood, the writers get some concessions specifically on tech, right, on digital from the big studios there. So there seems to be something in the air. And the union, you know, they they declined to say, they just, they would tell me they were aware of what the UAW had done in Detroit, but declined to draw any parallels. But <laughs> as an observer, it's, it's a little hard not to. Also, yeah. when you have union leaders basically saying, you know, Tesla, there's no reason why you shouldn't be unionized. And and again, Lizzie, it's not just in, in the U.S. we're hearing this. I'm sitting here in Germany where... Tesla has its gigafactory just outside of Berlin. They have about 11,000 workers right now. They'd like to have 12,000 workers. You have this powerful union, IG Metall, that covers all of the big German auto workers. There's 2.2 million members to it. And they would like to see that Tesla plant just outside of Berlin unionized. And they have a new president who was elected a couple of weeks ago. And she said, you know, I think Tesla is, is our next target in so many words. So Sweden, they're aware of the symbolism of this. Um, but at the same time, they're really fighting 
to preserve this model of collaboration that they really believe in and that they look at. Already, Sweden has seen in the past decade union membership drop. Uh, it's still over 60%. So to, you know, Americans where union membership is 10%, that sounds like nothing. But two decades ago, it was 80%. Mm. And so I think there's a real concern that if they don't stand up and take action, something that they're very proud of and that they believe guarantees their prosperity and the peace in their country, uh, will be in danger. Well, there's a tension here, right? That like this could have knock-on effects for, for unions in Europe. And it's so interesting to hear you mention Germany. And yet at the same time, the U.S. labor movement and labor culture is so different from European labor culture. I, I'm I'm also like hearing notes of caution about reading too much into what potential unionization in Sweden might mean for Tesla workers in California or Texas. I think you're absolutely right with that, Lizzie. And it's not necessarily unprecedented. There have been cases where the Swedish model is unique and you have a company that says, you know, we are unionized in Sweden because we have to be. Or an example, like you see the Amazon workaround where they were able to find a way to keep everybody happy. But what the unions have succeeded in doing with Amazon in Sweden has not translated to any more success for the union in Germany or union efforts in the United States. The Swedish model is so specific to that country that I think one does has, have to be very cautious in in thinking, oh, if the Swedes can do this, you know, we're opening the floodgates. It's, it's a very, it's not only very small, it's symbolic, but at the same time, it's very unique. And I don't think that it will be easy for anyone else, even in Germany, where, you know, we have 16% union representation versus the 10% in the United States. IG Metal is a long, long way from getting any kind of unionized agreement out of Tesla here in Germany. And then, you know, the United States, where Tesla has long been established without unions, is, is another story entirely. Melissa Eddy, I want to thank you so much for your reporting and for coming on to talk to me. Thank you for your interest, Lizzie. It was a pleasure. Melissa Eddy is the Berlin business correspondent for The New York Times. And that is it for the show today. What Next TBD is produced by Evan Campbell, Patrick Fort, and Anna Phillips. Our show is edited by Jonathan Fisher. Alicia Montgomery is vice president of audio for Slate. And TBD is part of the larger What Next family. We're also part of Future Tense, a partnership of Slate, Arizona State University, and New America. And if you like what we are doing here, the best way to support us is to join Slate Plus. Just head on over to slate.com slash whatnextplus to sign up. All right, we'll be back on Sunday with another episode. I'm Lizzie O'Leary. Thanks for listening. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, 
and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Coming soon from Slate Podcasts. So, first it was Dade County. Voters in the Miami area repealed civil rights for gay people by a two-to-one margin. In the late 1970s, Cities around the country began rolling back anti-discrimination laws that protected gay people. And then it was Wichita, St. Paul, Eugene. Successful campaigns against the gay community which shocked us all. A state senator from California watched the laws fall and saw an opportunity. Homosexuality is a most repulsive lifestyle. His name was John Briggs, and he wanted to deliver the anti-gay movement its biggest prize yet. California realized that they were coming for us. I'm Christina Cotarucci. This season on Slow Burn, we'll explore how a nationwide backlash against gays and lesbians led to a massive showdown in California. Now it's something called Proposition 6, the Briggs Initiative. It would call for firing any teachers in California who practice homosexuality. Your life as you knew it would be destroyed. We've got to fight back. We can't let this happen in California. The Briggs Initiative would be the first statewide vote on gay rights. With so much at stake, young people became activists. We were all coming out all day long, every day. (laughs) And activists became leaders. My name is Harvey Milk, and I'm here to recruit you. Slow Burn, Season 9, Gays Against Briggs. Out May 22nd, wherever you listen. If we lose here, it'll be 50 years before we ever get back up again. Like the drag queens say, take out the earrings, sharpen the nails, there ain't no going back.